Hey, this is Double J, Jeff Jarrett, WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to the My One Two Three Cents Podcast. It's my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me the hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! Hey friends, welcome to episode 472 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast in audio and video form at youtube.com slash my one two three cents. If you haven't already, please click that subscribe button on both your favorite podcasting app and over at YouTube. As of this recording on Sunday, December 3rd, we are just two subscribers away from that magic number of 1,000. And of course, we're going to have to work on getting some video views up, but the putting out new and consistent content is part of that plan. So it's all part of the strategy here at my one, two, three cents. So hopefully you have done that and uh, I certainly appreciate it. And if you're so inclined, leave a review. Let me know what you think, what you'd like to hear and see on future episodes of this podcast, but also the content that goes out on YouTube and TikTok and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all of those great sources as well. Speaking of Instagram, some friends of mine are in New Orleans as I'm recording this over the weekend, and we're at the Christmas parade uh, in downtown New Orleans and sent some video of uh, some Lucha wrestlers and and performers, and I put that up as a reel over on the My123Cents Instagram page. There's also a Facebook page and Facebook group, so be sure to join in on that as well. I don't know if I've said it yet or not, but this is episode 472, and I certainly do appreciate you. We are just 28 weeks away from episode 500, and that's where I'm asking for your input as well. Let me know who or what you would like to see and or hear uh, on the podcast for episode 500. It's going to hit sometime in June. I had the date written down, and now I I don't have it in front of me, but it is uh, six months away, so I'm excited for that. And looking forward to it. Speaking of anniversaries and milestones, we're also getting very close to nine years here on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. This podcast was born uh, in December of 2014. Greg Mahachko, the founder of Jittery Monkey uh, and the podcast here, had invited me to do a wrestling podcast. They had a podcast for wrestling as part of the network, but uh, the person that was doing it had kind of lost interest and stopped. And I don't even remember the name of that podcast, but Greg asked me, do you want to just keep that name or do you want to call it something different? And I was still building the YouTube and the blog back then. I was blogging pretty consistently. Um, And I'm like, no, I'd like to actually do my one, two, three cents. And so uh, that's where Mondo, the monkey that you see on my suit jacket, if you're watching, that's where Mondo came from was because of the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Originally, I just had the block letters of the my one, two, three cents that my brother Jason who was a graphic artist created for me on in that regard. And then it was Joe Dodd that drew up Mondo to match the other monkeys on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. So that's where all the monkey talk comes from with Jittery Monkey, of course. 
want to remind you too, it is December as we are recording this and dropping this show on December 4th, which gives us about a week or so left in the My One Two Three Cents Wrestling Figure Drive. Again, three ways to donate. If you live in Southern Illinois, you can drop toys off, uh, wrestling figures off at Castle Perilous Games and Books located in Carbondale, Illinois, and you'll get a free Heroclix figure when you do that. I appreciate the partnership and the relationship with Castle Perilous this year. So thank you to them. And thank you to you if you uh, happen to get out and make a donation. You can also have uh, items shipped to me. Chad actually sent three different figures. Actually, the tail end of last year's drive, uh, the cut cutoff happened and the figures that he had ordered got here late. So I got a couple of AEW figures, um, Orange Cassidy and MJF, that went into this year's drive. And he sent uh, uh, Bianca Belair, an Edge, WWE version, of course, and then uh, Shayna Baszler. So uh, I do appreciate anyone that uh, does do that. You can order, like I said. Ringside Collectibles apparently has a great sale on wrestling action figures. If you want to order off of Ringside Collectibles and have them shipped to me directly, do that too. Just DM me for my address. I want to put it out there for the public. I don't have a P.O. box, but just DM me and I will certainly uh, give you those details. You can have those figures shipped to me, hopefully uh, in here before. Uh, I would really realistically like to have everything by Tuesday, December 12th um, and make plans that week uh, to drop off everything at the Toys for Tots in Carbondale, Illinois, which again distributes to five different counties here in Southern Illinois. The goal is 300 figures right now on hand in my house. I only have eight. So we got a long way to go, but I uh, am, am hopeful that we will get there. I also have $200 collected in cash. So that's the third way to donate. If you would like to write a check or Venmo me, uh, it is Kevin-Huntsperger. You can Venmo. Um, and we've had some great donations that way as well. Like I said, $200 so far. And I plan to uh, go to Ollie's in West Frankfurt that has uh, some figures uh, at discounted prices. So uh, I'm looking forward to doing some shopping next week. And like I said, if in the meantime you want to uh, mail a check or send the Venmo or ship figures, just let me know. And uh, we will definitely get you in as a part of this year's drive. I debated with this week's episode what to do topic-wise um, I, I had thought, you know, in, in October, I did all Halloween themed uh, events and and I think sometimes it gets and maybe maybe it, I think it's a little difficult doing Christmas themed stuff um, the whole month of December and tying it to wrestling. I know there have probably been certainly enough cases of matches and whatnot that have involved it, but not the characters and it, it, it to me it was just going to become a little cumbersome and i also in december like to do uh which you know chad and i typically have in the past done the Cinti awards and and we'll probably do something similar or along those lines but that show realistically is probably going to drop on january 1st uh, january 1st is a monday this year and then the uh, christmas day episode is probably going to be a review uh, a movie mania of uh, the Iron Claw, and I don't know if Chad plans to see it before Christmas. It's going to be a quick turnaround. I'm hoping to go see it that Friday or Saturday, um, and so it may be a solo review, but uh, I haven't even talked to Chad about these details. He may be hearing this for the first time. I'll probably have talked to him before uh, this episode drops, but we'll we'll get something figured out, and, and, and if you are planning to see 
iron claw that opening week and let me know. I, I really think it is going to be good. I'm going to try to talk my wife into going. Um, I've heard that it's not a quote unquote wrestling movie. So that may get her a little more inclined uh, to go and see that. And as we speak about the Von Erics, uh, I'm excited too. in May is the 40 year anniversary of Kerry Von Erich winning the NWA heavyweight championship from Ric Flair. One of my favorite matches still to this day. And I'm going to be talking with a Von Erich super fan, just like myself, um, Super Dave. He is uh, he was the referee at Ric Flair's last match. He's a friend of Conrad Thompson, and I'm excited. Uh, I already booked him and, and have that in the works. And I believe May 6th, which is the anniversary, I think it's May 6th, is the anniversary, the actual anniversary of, of that victory. I'm pretty sure if I looked at my calendar right, that's also on a Monday. So uh, I'm stoked to have Dave on as part of the conversation as well. So uh, back to this week's topic, as I mentioned, I was, I was going to try to do something Christmas related. You see behind me, if you're watching, Gobbledygooker is still up there perched high above all my other figures. And uh, I have the Saint Mick book. And, and actually, since I have it out, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. And then, of course, and there go the lights. So that wasn't supposed to happen. That's okay, though. That's the fun of, of doing this. Oh, okay. I thought I broke them. They're still working. Um, but uh, you also see the other Mick Foley Christmas book that he wrote, uh, Mick Foley's Christmas Chaos. Jerry the King Lawler did the artwork for that. But this is St. Mick, and it is uh, my journey from hardcore legend to Santa's jolly elf. And this was this is one of my favorite things that I have, actually. Chad got me this. Uh, it's autographed by Mick Foley. To Kevin, have a nice day. And it's signed Mick Foley. So, um Really, I, this is very cool and and means a lot to me. So um, I have started reading it. I've had this for years and have not read it all the way through uh, because unfortunately I get distracted with this thing from time to time and, and don't read as much as I should. But I am this holiday season going to start reading more from uh, St. Mick. So again, Chad coming through for that uh, I think about four or five years ago now it's been that I've had that book. So um, I do certainly appreciate it and the effort that he went through to get that. Uh, I'm saying all that to say that, you know, other than sitting here reading excerpts from the book, I don't know how else really to tie the holidays in consistently here for the podcast. So there's been talk recently of Sting's last match. It is set for uh, early March, March 5th or 6th, I believe now. It's uh, AEW Revolution. It brought Ric Flair into the fold to talk and, and promote and hype up that final match and, and what they're going to do with it. I have no idea yet. Um, I suspect Flair is going to at some point turn on Sting and maybe ends up managing Sting's opponent. I That's where I see this headed, but who knows? I could be wrong. I just hope it's not Ric Flair. Um, I love Ric Flair. He's one of my all-time favorites. But I, I still stand by my earlier assertion that uh, WrestleMania 24, the Shawn Michaels match, should have been his last match. And I know that he came back in 2022 and, and did he did the stuff in TNA, obviously. But doing the match last year uh, for Conrad, and, and I, it, it was fine. It was what it was. But, um, you know, I, I cherish the memory of being there 
at WrestleMania 24 and seeing that. And I think that's part of the reason why I wish that that would have stayed his last match. Because let's face it, in wrestling, they say they're retiring, but do they always really retire? And eventually down the road, I want to do a sixth sense with Chad on uh, wrestlers who should have gotten a quote-unquote last match. You know, Ric Flair's last match had a lot of hype. Both of them, the one in WWE and then the one that he did in 2022. Had a lot of hype around it, surrounding it. Um, and sometimes it, that does happen with the bigger superstars, and sometimes it doesn't. And there's a handful that I wish could have had that kind of magical last match. And some of them had their last match, and we didn't know that it was going to be their last match. So we'll talk more about that on a future episode. But I'm going to kind of focus on Sting, this guy right here, the little stinger. This is, of course, Crow Sting. Now, if you listen to or watch the videos that I do on YouTube, uh, I have a segment called Give Me a Minute. And, and in one of those uh, recently, when Sting first announced his retirement, I, I did one. Uh, saying how I wish it would be a cinematic match where Sting, uh, Surfer Sting, comes back at the end um, and ends up in the ring and and celebrates as Surfer Sting as the show goes off the air. That's wishful thinking booking, and that's what today's episode is going to be more about, too. I, I thought about, should I do a sixth sense on who I think should be Sting's final opponent in AEW? Because we know that that match is going to happen in the confines of an AEW ring? Or should I do something a little different? Because honestly, uh, I've talked about this before, I don't follow the product as much as I should on either channel. It's not just a, a, or a an AEW thing. It's a WWE thing. It's an, an impact. It's ROH. It's, it's all of them. Uh, I said impact. TNA um, is what I should have said. I'm, I watch and follow mostly via social media, the quick little clips. I know what's going on and kind of what some of the primary stories are, but I don't know all the little sub stories. Um, and I don't know enough to to where I would be definitively able to say uh, who I would like to see in AEW against Sting. Um, I would suspect it's going to be Darby Allen. I think that was a lot of people's first initial thoughts, um, but I don't know. The other question becomes, should should the opponent beat Sting? So, in other words, you know, with WrestleMania 24, we knew we didn't know for sure. But if Ric Flair lost, he had to retire. The big fanfare they had all weekend in the setup, we knew as fans that that, that was going to happen. That Flair was going to lose that match. But then, where, uh, you know. I don't think Shawn Michaels gained anything from being the man to retire Ric Flair, but I think having someone of Shawn Michaels caliber uh, being the one to do it was more meaningful. And it meant a lot more as a fan. Now let's flip that coin and go to WrestleMania a few years ago in 2019. And the numbers all start to blur after a while. So I don't remember the exact number, but it was uh, Kurt Angle's last match. And we knew it was Kurt Angle's last match. And it was against Baron Corbin. And this isn't a knock against Baron Corbin, even though I'm not a Baron Corbin fan by any stretch of the imagination. But I feel like that victory that that he picked up didn't equate or didn't lead to any kind of big push. There was no significant value, in my opinion, of him beating Kurt Angle because, you know, He's been mid-card at best since then, and he's he's wrestling at NXT now, and, and not that there's anything wrong with that by any stretch of the imagination, but 
I would have liked to have seen if they were going to do that, have somebody, uh, Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns or even Drew McIntyre, someone of, of that level beats Kurt Angle and then goes on to become a multi-time champion or in the title picture or something along those lines. To me, it would have made more sense. I would have rather seen that. Otherwise, I would have given Kurt Angle the win against Baron Corbin in his final match. Um, I know there's a lot of debate over when one of these superstars has a final match. Should they be the one to do the honors, to give that rub, to pass the torch and 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 have someone else lead the way? Now, again, of course, with Flair and Shawn Michaels, there was really no torch passing because Shawn Michaels had already probably, WWE-wise, had probably exceeded what Ric Flair had done. Not course across the board uh, in professional wrestling but i do think that there was not a whole lot more for Shawn michaels to gain from that victory so um that's kind of where i i kind of sit with that and then again like i said i don't know a ton of of who other potential aew opponents for sting could be or what what the plan is you know Someone of Sting's caliber, you know, I, I almost feel like he should win uh, unless they're going to really strap the rocket on someone on the roster and, and send them on their way. Um, I think Sting should probably win this match because there are a handful of icons in wrestling, those larger-than-life guys that that deserve, in my opinion, deserve uh, – to go out on top and, and, and win that final match. Um, and we kind of saw that, I think, with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't know that WrestleMania last year uh, in 2022, I don't know that that was his last match, but the match that he had with Kevin Owens and he won and celebrated in the ring. To me, that's kind of uh, how it should be with Sting, celebrating in the ring at the end. Um, but you can also do that and celebrate and, and pass that torch. So it'll be interesting to see how they go with it, where they go with it, um, and kind of the buildup. Because we're three months away. You know, as this show drops, we'll be three months almost to the day away from uh, Revolution. And so uh, I'm interested to see where the story goes and, and, and what happens next uh, with that. So saying all that to say that this week's episode is not about the Sting's last match in AEW. This is going to be if Sting had not left. Say AEW never was created, never existed, or Sting came to terms with WWE to stick around and not have to retire, or we thought retire, um, due to the injuries they had sustained in that match with Seth Rollins, and then he sticks around. So that's what I'm doing. I have, I have six opponents that... I would have liked to have seen Sting face in his last match had WWE still been in the equation and he were still there in AEW, in WWE today. So let's say WrestleMania 40 is going to be Sting's last match. These are the six men that I would have booked him with. Five are realistic. The last one, actually, my dreams. It's not really my dream scenario, but it's one that so many fans have talked about that I think you can read between the lines. I've made it my number one, but we'll get to that in a minute. It's not the most realistic of scenarios, but I kind of like the sequence around it. So we'll get to it in just a few minutes. Number six is Braun Breaker, who is, of course, the son of Rick Steiner, the nephew of Scott Steiner. 
There's that connection between Rick Steiner and Sting from way back in those early UWF days where Sting and Rick Steiner were teaming up. And then, of course, their time and experiences together in WCW. They crossed paths as opponents and as partners, you know, Sting teaming with Rick and Scott on multiple occasions, but also teaming with Lex Luger and wrestling against the Steiner brothers. So lots of great matches between Rick and Rick Steiner and Sting. And I think Braun Breaker uh, and Sting. Braun is a, a great up-and-comer on the NXT brand and is going to be making big waves, I think, in 2024, whether he stays with NXT or if he jumps and moves up to the main roster in WWE. <clears throat> My number five is someone who I did not expect to become a fan of. I did not expect to see this person... Um, excel and rise to the occasion the way that they did um, and not only that but also kind of have that respect for the business and not just be presented as a celebrity who can wrestle and that's logan paul and not only is logan paul a celebrity who can wrestle i think that he is going to be a bona fide superstar and i think that he is in it for all the right reasons and it's it's good to see Maybe he's bringing in a new fan base. He is an influencer. He is someone that certainly does not need WWE. Um, but WWE has certainly, I, th I think, um, run with him, worked with him the right ways. Um, he's had probably less than 10 matches, at least on TV. Um, and he has excelled in every single one of them, uh, beating Rey Mysterio most recently for the U.S. Championship. I just think he's the real deal. And I think that he is without a doubt, um, at least for now, going to go down as the best celebrity crossover into wrestling that we've ever seen. And we've not, I don't think ever seen anyone who's been a celebrity who has crossed and had that match and had another match and then kind of picked it up. And, and, you know, I guess he has said that he's, he is a superstar and not just, a celebrity who wrestles so that's refreshing and that's that's pretty cool it is it's awesome for him it's awesome for the business and i think it's it's awesome for the fans so i think sting and logan paul would put on uh, a great match uh, we've seen logan paul in there with veterans like ray mysterio um, he's been in there with the miz and you know he's been in there with some guys that have really uh, push him to the limit and he's he's hung with them and and has been able to help uh, assist in those matches so it's not just uh, a one-sided affair so logan paul um, i have high marks for him and speaking of that match with ray mysterio someone that i went back and looked and never a match between these two ray mysterio and sting how awesome would that be and i know that both these guys and this is again where we get kind of in that territory of you know braun breaker and, and logan paul would certainly benefit from a match with sting and getting that victory and winning if if that were to be the the case where sting is passing the torch but with Rey mysterio you know i mean he's a hall of famer he's a self-made man he's uh excelled and has, has done things in the business that no one else has and is is you know a, a a living legend so to speak and so i think that he has certainly um, proven that he can do it 
Um, and again, this would be this would be the first of uh, baby face versus baby face. But I think the fans would love that. And I think um, depending on and, and honestly, in all honesty, and someone help me here, has Sting had any singles matches since coming to AEW in, in 2021? I know that he has teamed a lot with Darby Allen in the the, the match, the six man with uh, CM Punk and, and Darby Allen and, and Sting. Um, I don't know how much that that he has done there. And and speaking of CM Punk, I would probably make him an honorable mention. He just came to the WWE, so um, or came back to WWE, so. He's not on my list, but I would probably have him uh, in here somewhere as well as as a, as an honorable mention, um, because I do think that they would have a good match too. But my point about seeing if he, if he's not had any singles matches, being able to keep up and and move as quickly and as and a fast pace as a Rey Mysterio or even a Logan Paul for that matter uh, would put him through. Uh, my number three is the Legend Killer himself, Randy Orton, and. Uh, Chad and I talked briefly about this last week, and Tyler and I, Tyler Hatton and I talked about this at length in an episode probably about almost two years ago now um, about wrestlers who we've done a 180 with. Um, I was not a Randy Orton fan for a very long time, and I have since changed my tune on Randy Orton. I, I know Chad is, is grimacing if he's listening to this, but uh, I think Randy Orton, uh, especially... The last few years has uh, upped his game and has added something to it. And uh, he is an integral part of WWE. I like the fact that he is back and is right there in the title hunt and is getting nose to nose with Roman Reigns. I think that's exactly, you know, with the progression of Roman and if we're headed to where everyone thinks we're headed for WrestleMania, beating Randy Orton will be that last big obstacle, that one uh, asterisks, if you will, because Randy's been off the shelf for a year and a half. So him being back now and someone that Roman could get in there with and, and defend that championship against, I think is going to be great. But just imagine Randy Orton and Sting. I, I think that would be awesome. I think that, uh, you know, Randy Orton has been in there with guys like Shawn Michaels, like Ric Flair, Triple H, Batista, um, Chris Benoit. Uh, I think he he had uh, some match maybe with Eddie Guerrero, but Chris Jericho and 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 Rob Van Dam, so many greats. And let's just add Sting to that. Hulk Hogan and Randy Orton had a match back at SummerSlam in two thousand six, I believe five or six. So it's certainly uh, Randy is is one of those guys that, in my opinion, has earned that credibility and has earned that uh, that right to be in there with a legend like Sting. Mick Foley, who we were talking about a few minutes ago, I mean, he kind of put Randy Orton, in my opinion, on that trajectory of, of being one of the all-time greats. So my number two, and this was another one that I was, I had to double check and see if it had happened during Sting's AEW stint um, because I knew it wouldn't have happened before that. And that is Cody Rhodes. Uh, we never saw Dusty and, and Cody, or I'm sorry, Dusty and Sting, and I don't think we ever saw Dusty, I'm sorry, Sting and Dustin, um, or Gold Dust, or any of those incarnations. I know that Gold Dust went to W or to Impact TNA for a bit as Black Rain. I don't think he ever wrestled against Sting there. Um, 
But I think Cody Rhodes is is another one of those. You know, second generation. He's come into his own. Um, he had that big, huge surge of success after leaving WWE, went on and, and uh, you know, learned a new hold or two, uh, started up with with Impact or with uh, AEW and just developed and grew a, as a talent, uh, not only uh, in the ring, but outside the ring. And I think that that whole package and presentation, uh, getting in there with Sting, with a legend like Sting, uh, again, it's that Rhodes name, it's that pedigree, it's that that thing that just that intangible. Um, and I think these two going at it would be great. And again, it's another case of, of babyface versus babyface, but I think that they would tear the house down. And I think that it would uh, be one of those that, uh, you know, Big Dust would be watching uh, with a big smile on his face. And, and, and that would be one where I feel like you could, you wouldn't hurt Cody's growth and development with Sting going over. And again, if we were doing this at WrestleMania 40, I know there's a lot of people thinking that Roman Reigns is going to be, or Cody's going to be wrestling Roman Reigns again at WrestleMania 40. So maybe it doesn't work there as much, but um, I, I think that it could have uh, a lot of cachet and and be a very big match for both guys. And, and Cody uh, would come out looking like a million bucks, even if he ended up, uh, not winning that matchup. Now, my number one, and again, this is total fantasy booking because this guy retired three years ago. So um, everybody has talked for years about an Undertaker versus Sting match. And I know I think they had some sort of mean Mark versus Sting match back in the day, but obviously not to the caliber of of Undertaker versus Sting. So here's how I would do this match. And, and I know this is probably ridiculous to 99% of the people listening and watching this, but it would be a cinematic match. And it would start somewhere, I don't know where, maybe at the WCW power plant, set up mock power plant. Again, this is WWE. So we're able to kind of, and as I'm recording this, I just got a ding. Uh, another donation, a $50 donation. And I, I haven't been naming people's names because I think a lot of people are doing this kind of anonymously, but you know who you are. I appreciate it very, very much. And if people do want uh, mentions, let me know. Um, but I, I, I do appreciate uh, the latest donations. And so now we're up to $250 in cash donations. So I'm very excited about that. But we go back to the WCW days and we have the match starts off with Mean Mark versus Sting, like very early Sting, like UWF Sting. And they wrestle for a bit and we get off camera and we're in another location. And it is 1990 Undertaker, you know, purple gloves and bags under the eyes, body bag. Versus 1990 beach bum sting, surfer sting, you know. Um, you know what? No. Reverse that. X everything I said because I wanted to, that's where I wanted to end. That, I put the beginning. So take out Mean Mark and, and, and Sting. So we start off with Pro Sting versus um, The Undertaker. Like, uh, uh you know, the the later years of The Undertaker. And then 
we get into a situation where we are at with um, a, maybe it's a Joker sting versus then the American badass. And then we end up in the ring. And once we're in the ring and they come out, it is 1990 sting versus 1990 undertaker. Um, although I do kind of like figuring out how to get mean Mark Calloway in there and or mean Mark Callis and, and sting, but it doesn't really work as well. I'm sitting here. I had this all thought out. And then I started thinking other things, the text distracted me about the donation. So anyway, it ends in the ring with sting as 1990 sting versus 1990 undertaker. And this could have served then as uh, a retirement match for both of these guys. And, and maybe uh, there isn't a single victor and they both end up going out on top. Maybe it's a best out of three falls match where uh, the, the old school latest Undertaker beats the Crow Sting and then Joker Sting beats the American Badass and then they come out for that third and final fall and it's an, a split finish and both men celebrate in the middle of the ring. I don't know. I Again, this is unrealistic and, and would never probably in a million years happen but it's fun to think about and i would also while we're doing that um you know that 1990 version of these two men brother love is there in the undertaker's corner um i don't know i i think it would be fun um it'd be cool to see it but realistically i know that it would never ever in a million years happen so but it could be one of those fun experiences to say the very least what are your thoughts? I want to know what you think about Sting and his final match. And I know you will weigh in with AEW comments, but I'd also like to hear who you think, if this were to happen at WrestleMania 40, who you would book in there against Sting and and how do you end it? How do you end the career of someone who's been around for almost 40 years wrestling? Um, pretty consistently and regularly too, I might add. So uh, kudos to Sting. Congratulations on an amazing career. And uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts as well. Thank you again so much for tuning in this week to the My One Two Three Cents podcast. Whether you're watching or listening, I certainly appreciate it. And again, remind you, Toy Drive, make those donations. This is the final, big final full week. So I'm going to be pushing it hard on social media as well. So reach out and let me know uh, if you want to help and be a part of this 300 toys, it's its a lot. We are 292 away, but again, with all this cash, we're going to be a lot closer. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great week, and we will talk again soon. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.